kind of welcome in. Couple days late, but as long as we get him, it's worth it. Joel Klatt, lead college football analyst for Fox Sports, and um, presented by Audi Flatirons. And Joel, I'm glad you're feeling better, but I was stunned, stunned, blown away when I heard that you couldn't do your appearance with us on Wednesday because you were sick. The, the, the world's greatest germaphobe. I've never met anybody who's taken such precautions to avoid germs. I have to ask, how did this one germ, because there's no way that millions of germs could have uh, got, got past your defenses. How did this one super germ get past Joel Klatt's line of defenses? Yeah, it was, it was clearly inevitable. Some sort of super germ that uh, got its way past uh, all of my vitamins. Let me tell you what actually happened. Uh, and listen, and, and I'm convinced of this, and, and my amazing and lovely wife thinks that I'm an absolute psychopath for thinking this, but I had uh, a kidney stone two weeks ago. Oh, wow. Which, by the way, if you guys haven't had kidney stones, they are... They're the worst thing I've ever experienced by, like, a, a wide margin. I've had three in 20 months, and I'm just, I'm, I'm beyond, well, it's the worst thing of all time. So I'm just, I'm diving deep into all these articles about what could it be, what could it be. And I, and I read in this one article that taking too much vitamin C can cause kidney stones. And I'm like, well, that's me, clearly. I'm a germaphobe. I take probably somewhere between three and 4,000 milligrams of vitamin C every day, and I don't drink enough water, right? So I, I get convinced in my mind that, like, oh, the vitamin C has caused these kidney stones. <laughs> so I stopped taking my vitamins Uh-oh. for one week and got the worst cold I've gotten in five years. And I was like, what in God? Like, this sucks. <laughs> so that's what happened. <laughs> was it more painful than that hit that you took from the Miami player? Mike, I would rather get hit by John Beeson, who got paid a, a, a bounty by Nevin Shapiro for that hit. God bless him. I would rather be hit by John Beeson three times a day than have one kidney stone. It's the it's the absolute worst. Imagine for a moment. Let's just all, like, not if you're driving, don't close your eyes. But, like, imagine everyone for a moment that... You know, you're sitting there, and then all of a sudden, it feels like someone reaches inside of your body and puts your kidney in a in a vice, starts to squeeze it, and then simultane- simultaneously starts to stab it. And then that happens for, like, not just moments, like three straight hours. I'm in so much pain, and I know what's going on, three and 20 months. Like So basically, I just took a pain pill, ran upstairs, grabbed a trash can, and I was like, I'm going to be in the fetal position for the next however many hours throwing up. Because that's how, I mean, by the, by the way, any of you out there that have had them, text, text the boys just so they know. <laughs> okay. Well, Mark went through one not too long ago, too. And, yeah, he's, he's that's a tough guy. And, and uh, he admitted well, it was Mark's kind of a bring you to your knees type stuff. Well, well, I'm glad you're feeling better and glad to have you here. Uh, Chad Anderson for, for Stink, who's uh, down there in Phoenix at the uh, Super Bowl. We'll get to the Super Bowl in a second. They didn't but, send uh, you? You didn't get to go? Yeah. Didn't go this year. Man. Yeah. Budget cuts? What are we doing? <laughs> banned or not banned? I don't know. Uh, oh, so. don't, don't even play that. Uh, did you get a chance while you were tucked in a fetal position to uh, watch Sean Payton's introductory uh, press conference or parts of it and what kind of observations came to mind as uh, you having spent time with Sean Payton as a player? 
Yeah, I mean, I saw clips of it. I, I just know that I, I believe in this guy. He's 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 won. He's done it. He knows what he's doing. He's very confident. And and I think that you know, and and you've heard me use this this term a, a, a little bit. You know, it just I got the sense watching some of that that like the adults have returned, right? Like the adult is back in the room. The guy that knows what he's doing, not some like fresh-eyed, brand-new coach or some, I hate to say it this way, but, like, just some defensive coordinator that gets his, like, it was no longer a guy gets his chance. This was like, oh, okay, we went after a guy that knows exactly what he's doing. That's the way it felt. The, the Kind of the adult is back at the podium. Um, this guy is very confident. There's no doubt about it. And and Sean uh, is going to succeed. I, I Like, I... I just don't see how it doesn't work out. The ownership group is clearly in a mode where they're saying to themselves, winning is important. Being a good franchise is important. And when they're willing to do that, when they're willing to be aggressive, when they're willing to spend money, I don't see how it doesn't work out, you know, one way or another. Uh, I don't know if it works out with Russ. Let's hope that it does, because obviously the financial commitment will make it very difficult to to, to turn and to succeed in short order if it doesn't work out with Russ. Um, but I think that it will. And, and again, the, the, the biggest takeaway from some of the clips and, and the press conference for me was that the adult was back at the, podium, uh, at the podium. In the college football world that, that you're so involved in, oftentimes the word great coach or the phrase great coach gets thrown around a lot for guys who recruit great players and put them on the field and have superior talent. I always look at evaluating a coach in terms of how do they adapt to give the roster they have the best chance to win. So how will Sean Payton give this roster the best chance to win in Denver by coaching and not worrying about having the best players? Yeah, I mean, listen, you're right. Although at the college level, it's a bit of both. Um, at the NFL level, though, and, and I was talking with a few guys that play in the league about this. Um, uh, Nick Foles is actually the brother-in-law of my neighbor, okay? And so I get to see Nick actually quite a bit in the offseason. Off Great kid. Um, covered him in, in college. And we had a long conversation this last week, actually, about the NFL and just talking about the draft, the draft picks, fit, how it's so difficult to project for some of these kids. And, and he said the bottom line is in the NFL, it comes down to coaching. The best teams have the best coaches, the coaches that put them in, in position to succeed, the coaches that understand what they have and then build around that. Um, another way of putting that, and I can't remember where I, I stole this quote. Maybe it was Benjamin Hardy's book, uh, Willpower Doesn't Work. But don't quote me on that. But there, there, there's a quote that I, I often think about when it comes to football, and it's it's about basically strengths and weaknesses, and and the fact being that greatness is not about having no weaknesses. It's about identifying your strengths and building habits around those strengths that make them stick out, and then uh, uh, the ability to really lean into those at critical times. And great coaches do that. And when you see what Sean was able to do for the length of time that he did it at New Orleans, this is one of the things that I think that he did best. He won with a, with different styles of teams. He won with, with different types of offensive players. They were able to throw the ball in different types of ways. Um, and, and Drew is not, let's, let's face it, 
the strongest arm quarterback. So he was able to be that successful throwing the football without a real threat of, of launching the ball down the field. So this guy understands strengths and weaknesses and how to lean into your strengths, build habits and, and a core around your strengths and really figure out the way to be successful. And that's what I think he'll, he'll do at Denver. You uh, have a, a thought on the, the Super Bowl, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Did you see enough from Mahomes on that ankle in the AFC Championship game, believing that two more weeks off that uh, he should be 100% and, and, and ready to go? The MVP for the second time in his career. Well, let's just let's put it this way. As good as the Eagles have been, and I really love their line of scrimmage, they've been they have been dominant. They've been beating up on 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 I mean, there's no other way to put this other than like sub-tier NFL quarterbacks. Wouldn't you agree? Mm-hmm. And now they're facing a guy that is the top tier. He is the top player in the league currently. I think he's going to be healthy. If he was healthy healthy enough to play the AFC Championship game and win, then he's going to be healthy enough two weeks later to, to play the Super Bowl and be even more effective than what he was in the AFC Championship game. Um, this this string of, of quarterbacks that the Eagles have beaten up on have given them a, sol- a, a false sense of confidence. And while I love what they do at the line of scrimmage, and, and I'll probably kick myself if they're able to just go up and down the field because of it, um, I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes. I, I, I think that he wins because in these games, it generally comes down to game plan and quarterback. And I'm going to trust Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes over the Eagles. You got a pick? Score? I just told you. No, score, score, score. What do you mean I got a We need a score. Is it going to be a blow? Oh, you, oh, you want me to give a score? Mark, like Mark, got, Mark, I don't like, even know what the line is. Mark so likes him 100 that, to nothing. Mark, I mean, Mark likes I would, Philadelphia. I would say it would probably be, in, in my estimation, it would be something like 24-17 Chiefs. Okay. Did you watch the NFL award show last night and watch Deion Sanders presenting and say, send all your kids to Colorado. And did you have a moment, especially as a, I'm just a, I'm just an observer. I'm just a a fan, a follower. And I find myself sitting watching the Deion Sanders experience going, how did this happen? How in just the span of a couple of months did, did Colorado football go from being a national laughing stock or irrelevant to being mentioned and, and being up on a stage like the one that we saw last night with Deion Sanders saying, yeah, hey, send them all to Colorado. D- did you find yourself having almost like a pinch me moment? Like, how did this happen? What's going on? Um, yes. Yes. It's, it, it's exactly what they needed. And... There's only one way to answer your question here on the way out, Mike. Really. And and I think you'll appreciate it. <laughs> Which is you're welcome. <laughs> this is all you, isn't it? You did this. You did you're this. Welcome. You did this. Buff fan, you owe your lifetime gratitude to Joe Clack cuz you pushed for this. You're welcome, Mike. <laughs> This is this is this is as humble as you'll ever hear Joel. I'm, I, I promise you, this hey, is as humble Joel, as you'll ever hear him. Joel, do you know if you're going to have any of those games this year? Like, I mean, Nebraska is a, a Big Ten team on the road. Would that fall under the the Fox deal for you? Well, we still have the Pac-12 contract this year. We still have the Big Twelve. 
So we have the opportunity to select one of the first two, or any of them, really. Um, I'm pushing hard, just so you know. I call our programming guys at least once a week, sometimes twice a week, and give a case for why we should be in Boulder for his home opener. So I'm really hoping that that we do that. And Big Noon Kickoff comes out there. Um, I think game day might be there uh, as well. And the only bad part, and this is where fans wouldn't wouldn't want this, but it is what it is, is that it would kick at 10 a.m. local. Yeah, yeah, that's too early. Need plan? Um, need not time. really. No, you need... when you get Gus and I, 10 a.m. is is prime time. <laughs> by the way, uh, people responding. I'm a woman. I've given birth to two beautiful babies. Passing a kidney stone is by far the worst. I literally passed out for two hours. It's like a razor blade going through your urethra. Stones are the worst. Uh, what else? What else? Uh, yeah, you're, you're getting a lot of sympathy. Well, yeah. And then I threw it all back with the, the ego at the end. So you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Joel, thank you. Enjoy your weekend. Have a, have a good one, boys. All right, there he goes. Joel Klatt, presented by Audi Flatirons.